0: All right, everyone. Welcome back into another PGA DFS video. Got the American Express lineup builder video here for you. Going to be touching on the top values first. Like build for you guys. You know, cash kind of single entry type stuff. Going over the fades, and then we're going to apply all that knowledge into the nine to five lineup builder. Okay, looking at twenty entry max and one hundred and fifty entry max. Going to be a good video for you guys. Let's go ahead and get into it. All right. So just starting out with like a single entry type of lineup, and there are two kind of paths that you go about uh, today or this week. You know, really just be uh, easy, no look type of click thing. John Rom's one of the top players in the field, and Patrick Hanley are one of the top players in the field. From there, I do think Aaron Battle, if you guys watch my videos, you know, I think he's gonna be a strong play. You also know that about on Andrew Putnam a ton. These four players just make a lot of sense, kind of given their price tag, given their outlook for the tournament. You know, Aaron Battle just given his price tag at 6.6 is looking like a very strong price point play. We can even see 13 out of his past 15 tournaments have been made cuts obviously that seventh place finish was huge for us last week and the t6 was also awesome like just been on him a ton getting continued to roster him that is what i always do okay from there we have really wherever we want to go so i think david lipsky maybe not as much of a cash play but given his price point we can certainly see that he is one of the most mispriced players this week okay out of his last three or four starts He's had two top 10 finishes. He also had a top 20 place finish at this tournament last year. Won the best stat fits in the field. It's tough really not to like him, uh, especially given that price tag. And then from there, it doesn't really matter who we plug and play. And this is a tournament that has three rounds. Okay, so really you'd want to shoot for upside. Uh, Scott Pierce, you go with uh, Tyson Alexander's fine. Um, no, those are all fine plays. Eric Cole, you could roll with. Like there's just so many decent plays. Like on the bottom end here, guys, it, it doesn't matter too much because the whole point is that it's kind of like a no cut event. Obviously no cut events, what are we trying to do? We're trying to studs and duds it because we know the studs that we're gonna be on are gonna give us the best likelihood of a top five finish. That's basically what your approach should be this week as well. And maybe you don't even want to go Andrew Putnam. You know, you're like, okay, yes, I know he's a great play, but I I just, I don't want to play him um, for whatever reason. I just want to go name value at the top end. Well, let's try to do that. Let's see. I don't know. Can we go Scotty? Probably not. Like, I wouldn't want to do this because like these aren't good plays. So probably drop down a little bit from Scotty. But in theory, we should begin some elite plays on the top end. And then with it being three rounds, like you are capturing some upside there. As long as like one of those players, if two of them make the cut, you're sitting pretty. Like I would change a little bit. So let's just talk about like which value plays you could potentially go with. This week, and I'll be getting into the nine to five lineup builder. So, looking at the top values, what I'm looking at are going to be players below 7K. So, starting out with Sam Ryder, he is someone that you know has been a little bit hit or miss this season, but he has been someone that you know on an easier scoring track was able to get a T8 finish. You know, I'm kind of hanging my hat on that decent play overall. out is someone that should be right around a made cut, not someone you love, but in a week like this where fluky stuff happens, maybe you chase him. Austin here, he's someone that had a 12th place finish last week, kind of decently popping. We can see that made cut seven out to 22 a decent value price point play joseph bramlett you could roll with uh someone that's made nine out of 11 cuts you're not expecting much from him but at the same time you know, is a player that can get hot. Obviously, I already mentioned Aaron Baddeley, Aaron Baddeley, a very kind of probably the best uh, value play. I mean, he is he is the best value play. It's pretty easy to see that just at some point, either this is the new Aaron Baddeley that we're seeing for the season, which would be awesome, or he's going to kind of regress back to the player that he has been for a while. Although I don't know, like I just I typically like to hammer these price days because for some reason or another, like I think it's world rankings players like Aaron Baddeley, like Andrew Putnam, they are just slow to see their prices Increase when they're playing some elite golf so like is a play that makes sense ryan armor has two top 20 finishes and two missed cuts here at the last in the last four years he's coming off of an event in which he made a bogey on 17 and then couldn't birdie on 18 to make the cut kind of a choke job there uh pretty it looked pretty safe for a make cut for a majority of the tournament honestly so um you know if he had made that that'd have been four straight make cuts in a row The fact of the matter is he has been playing some really great golf, really besides the Shriners, um, pretty good golf uh, over the last few events. And that was his first event back. So kind of expecting to be a little bit sharper given the nature of the event at 6.6. We could most likely be getting a let's just say top 25 finish if he makes the cut which obviously we would like ben martin a decent play made the cut in his past two events uh 10 out of 14 decent play tyson alexander is gonna be someone no one's gonna be on but he had a second place finish at the houston open has made two cuts since then had a 32nd place finish at the sony open like he is looking like a pretty good value play someone that you could easily just end up on like a punt play and then also eric cole for sure to make cuts not someone you love could be someone you play you know corn Ferry tour championship t3 struggled for a little bit there but You know, I like to look at these golfers that were shooting under par still, because that's a sign of at least playing good golf. So one, two, three, four, five, six tournaments in a row in which he's been able to shoot under par, which is obviously highly encouraging. So those are all value plays that you could use maybe in a studs and duds build. That's going to be up to you guys. I want to show you guys real quick, the ownership leverage for this week, maybe to make some, uh, lineup choices and then we're going to be getting into the lineup builder. All right, so getting to the ownership leverage for this week, it is no shock that Xander Schopley is popping up as the best leverage rank play because what is this tool measuring? It's measuring um the data behind a player being a good player or not pretty much and then comparing it against players around their price point and the likelihood of them doing well. Okay? So, Xander Schopley is an elite play. We know that. Data-wise, he's an elite play. Um, the reason why people are not on him is because of that injury. They're concerned about his injury. So it makes sense that he's low owned for one, but because he's low owned, it makes sense that he's the top rated leverage ranked play on the slate, because if it weren't for the injury, you know, he would be an elite play. And obviously the data isn't factoring in any sort of injury. It's just maybe a little bit of the withdrawal from last week, but other than that, that's all we got. So that is what it's measuring uh, from there. Someone like Cam Davis popping up. Cam Davis is, you know, pretty low owned compared to how he's projected to play. And I, probably would say he's lower owned because of the players around his price point range. You got Andrew Putnam, you know, he's a really good play. Brian Harmon, a little bit higher price, really good play. JT Poston, lower price. Salik Tagala, lower priced. Um You know, those are all plays that you could end up on. Um, So it makes sense why Cam Davis is someone that people are kind of just glancing over, especially given the fact that, you know, he is 8.8 and some of the other plays are a little bit cheaper. Uh, But looking at it, we got Tony Finau popping up. Tony Finau is really coming in, checking all the boxes. And he is someone that, honestly, if he goes on wins, it wouldn't be shocking. So why are Tony Finau, uh, Sky Scheffler and his Son ranking out as really good leverage plays. Well, if you look at it, everyone is ending up on John Rom, Patrick Cantley. okay. And this is a week in which, yes, these guys are all great plays. Like it's very close to how good of plays they are. So because of that, if someone like John Rom is getting a lot more ownership than someone like Sky Scheffler, where they are very close plays projection wise, uh, it makes sense that someone like Sky Scheffler, given the ownerships, is ranking out really well leverage wise. Same thing for Tony Fino. Son Jaym. We can tell people are. Not as gung-ho about him this week as they were last week. Um, Still a great play, guys. I mean, yeah, sure, he struggled last week. He struggled at the Sony Open the previous year as well. I'm not worried about Sun M this week. I think that's a great leverage spot. Uh, Aaron Wise, I don't know if I agree with that. Andrew Putnam, you know, really strong play. One thing I want to look at, leverage gained. Okay, so this is telling us like where they should be kind of projected owned. And the difference between the leverage rank and the leverage gained is if you were to play them, this is how much leverage you would gain on the field because that is kind of how they're valued. This is what they should be projected ownership-wise, pretty much. But the leverage rank is grading the play based off of the ownership of the players around their price point here. okay? So that's why someone like Finau, who's an awesome play, $600 cheaper, ranks out as a better leverage rank play than John Rom because he's 6% less projected ownership, although you can gain some nice leverage on the field as a whole. Let's look at the leverage rank the opposite way. Which players are players that you do not need to go out of your way to play that are a little bit over-owned? And typically speaking, guys, this is how it always works out. Like golfers that are low-owned are low-owned for a reason. They're just not good plays. So obviously, if they're not good plays, They're not going to rank out as great leverage plays. That's just how it goes. Uh, Taylor Moore, uh, Ricky Fowler, Grayson Sig, Justin Sut. And that hurts my heart. If you guys know me at all, you know that I like Justin Sut. And maybe, maybe not because it's been a while. But each year around this time, I'm talking him up. Uh, He was uh, the Corn Fairy Tour Player of the Year, so it does make sense. This event is in California as well, so it does make sense. But that ownership is starting to get a little bit too high for someone that does look like a GPP risk. Um, From there, let's let's move this up a little bit higher. Let's go to like 8 or maybe even 9, 10. Let's go to 10. So as we can see, there's not that many players that are one double digit projection ownership. The ownerships are spread out. And that's why the leverage tag is kind of saying all these players are under owned. And this might be something I need to adjust Um, because we are seeing the ownership be very spread out. There aren't any players that are like too high owned these days. Um, So because of that, like everyone's coming in slightly under owned. So I might need to change the formula of the leverage tag a little bit, but we can see Tom Hoagie really the only player that's coming in slightly over owned. And that's not too bad. Typically speaking, it's like, Yellow, obviously, hesitate, yield. Red kind of means avoid. Um, so really, the only player that this is saying we should avoid is going to be Tom Hoagie. Tom Hoagie is being valued as a top 15 finisher. And he, I would assume he's projected to finish more or less top 25 or so. So you're not losing that much, you know, but not a great play. Tom Kim, kind of same thing. Uh, and this is compared to the players around him. Like They're safer, uh, just a good upside plays right around his price point tag adam had one i love i get it but you know it's starting to get a little bit too high taylor montgomery as well gpp only play uh getting 12 projection ownership i mean it makes sense but at the same time there are safer just as good players around his price point here so let's go ahead and now apply all this knowledge and let's get into the lineup builder so the first thing that i want to do with the nine to five lineup builder is going to be to increase the projections of the players i see as core play high exposure plays and whatnot okay that is what i'm focusing on i don't really want to take out any players from the player pool i want the data to be able to work on off of what i'm trying to tell it to do but i don't want to like minimize the player pool too much you could this is a week in which there's a ton of great plays you can make your player pool like 35 plays and be fine with it what i want to do is i want to go ahead and increase the projections of the players i want to be on so this is part of the nine to five write-up if you guys want to it's available for nine to five members it is a huge deep dive each and every week so for example, though. Like core plays, I want to bump up Ron Cantley, Harmon, and Putnam's projections probably five points because I want to be on them the most high exposure four plays. I'm going to bump up or four points. I'm going to bump them up four points because then I, I want to be on them the next best. So that's what I'm going to go ahead and operate with right now. So John Rom, instead of 112, I'm going to go 117 just to ensure that I'm getting him in all my builds uh, or the majority of builds that I want. Uh, Same thing with Patrick Cantley. Going to bump him up. um, Five points so 114 brian Harmon, 109 andrew putnam probably don't need to but you know just to ensure that we get him in there 112 okay so that's going to ensure that those players are being pulled into a majority of our builds and so typically speaking i like to do my max exposure settings to about 40 percent. that's really up for you guys obviously it depends on the tournament and whatnot you could do three unique players per build as well um I don't really care about total ownership or salary, especially with how like spread out the ownership is. Like the total ownership doesn't matter. If you wanna do 90%, you can, that's typically like the max you wanna use for total ownership is 90%, but golf, Ownership isn't like as good as NBA, for sure, NBA. I mean, chalk and NBA hits all the time and NFL, like it's probably, it's the worst among those sports. That's why the leverage rank tool, like you get an edge by using those players each week. The players that, players that rank out leverage wise are finishing better than the players that are the highest owned each week. Now that's a little bit different because obviously some players are higher owned because of their price point, but typically speaking, ownership isn't a big deal. And it is in one-off situations for sure like leverage rank wise, but like looking at it as a percent whole, not as big of a deal. So if you want to prioritize ownership leverage, what you would do is you'd bump up the ownerships of let's say Xander. Like, oh yeah, I agree with that leverage. I want to bump up his projections because I want him into more builds because that leverage rank, I like it. I agree with it. That's what you do or Tony Fino. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, third best lever drink play. Let's bump up his projection. That's the way you go about attacking that. But getting into this 40%, let's just run it. And we should be getting 40% Harmon, 40% Catley, 40% Rom and 40% Putnam. We're going to do 20 bills right now. And so here we go. We can see it. We're going to look at the statistics here. Um, Okay, so we're not getting like too low of salary. That's good. Um, 20 lines, that's good. Average ownership, 53%. See, like you typically don't have to worry about ownership, especially when it's this spread out because it's never going to be too high- chalk of a build. That's just PGA DFS. So looking at the players here, 40% Patrick Hanley, 40% Putnam, 40% Hadwin, which I don't mind. Putnam or Poston, I don't mind. Harmon's in there and 40% John Rom. So we did get all the 40% in there. Now we're going to apply some knowledge that we learned at the start of this video. Tom Hoagie, I don't want to be on because why? He's one of the few over-owned players this week. So I'm going to drop down his projection. I'm going to be underweight on Tom Hoagie. So how do we go about doing that? Well, the best way is to go to show usage, click on the timestamp and then it has the ownerships for those players so players that you don't want to be on you can set their max exposure or you could click off of them like i don't really ever want to go full fade on anyone um so let's do five like they're popping up for a reason let the data do the work you know will gordon like he's okay fine gpp play david Livsky, i do like you guys know that um five for Smalley. five for grillo Pendrith, I don't want to be on five. I'm just doing five because when I do 150 entry max contest, I don't want to be full fading these players. Sleek Gal, I don't, he's fine. I would say 10% is probably right. Let's do 10 for him. And now let's try to run this again. So as we can see, we, we have a much better exposure to these players. And honestly, this is looking pretty good for a 20 entry type of build. Get David Lipsky, one of the you know best price point plays. And all right, guys, if the number's still hanging out there, he was like 130 to 150 to one on some markets, probably the best long shot bet we're going to get this season. Okay. Um, it's kind of like, it reminds me a lot of Luke List last year where Luke List was like 75 to one, but he was a top 20 play. And I hardly bet the number, like it's uh, just not the way to go. It makes sense with Lipsky this week. He could easily miss the cut, but it is the correct move, just given how he's ranking out and course, history wise and whatnot. But looking at Thomas Dietrich, one of the better GPP plays, Wyndham Clark, we have more of a fair and balanced approach. I would say probably a little bit too much uh, Denny McCarthy, maybe a little bit too much of Seabez there. Um, Ricky Fowler, I'm actually fine with, but probably 10% him. So let's go ahead and set this up for us to do 150 entry max. And I just want to show you guys this first before we do that. So I typically like to do this three unique players. Um, So let's do that real quick. It does change up kind of the um, construction of lineups a little bit more. So instead of being on 15% bazoon, out, it's down to 10, um, you know, just like that, that's kind of just how it works out. So one thing we could do, like if you are trying to do a fair and balanced approach with your builds, um, the one thing you could do, and I don't know if I want to do this just yet, but when a lineup includes John Rom, who we already know, we're going to be on a decent amount. You would do, I want at least, and then you do two of these players. And then who are the values that we want to be on? Well, let's go back to the start of the video. Aaron Baddeley, remember that. Um, Ryan Armour, Tyson Alexander, Eric Cole, uh, Sam Ryder, Ben Martin. Like, There is a decent amount of players, remember? Um, so you, you would click save on that and you could do it for Patrick Cantley. You could do it all for all the studs. You know, if you're trying to do studs and duds, you do it for the studs as well. So just real quickly, I, I want to show you guys how this would work out generate it again. And so the one thing we would have to do with that, because we are saying that we want values in there, the lineup optimizer is built to give you the best projected fantasy point lineups. Okay. And because you're saying, I want those values in there, it might not pull in John Rom because you're setting the rule that says when a lineup includes John Rom, I want at least two of these players. But by doing that, you are not putting out your best lineups pretty much. So a way that you could go about kind of telling it. Would be you would lock John Rom then into at least what is our max exposure? 40%. You would lock John Rom into at least 40% lineups. Click generate and then it should work. All right. So we see John Rom. Let's click on him. He's highlighted. We see Aaron Baddeley. We see Sam Ryder. John Rom, Aaron Baddeley, Ben Martin. Um, And one thing I'd probably want to do is bump up Baddeley's and Ryan Armour's projections because those are the two players that I want to be on the most value price point tier wise, you know? So that'd be another way to go about doing that. And so let's just go ahead and do that. I'm going to bump them up a decent amount, 75, but. You know maybe 20 percent max exposure don't want in 40 percent you know he's a good play but you know don't go crazy with it and then same thing with ryan armor like ryan armor's chances to make the cut are pretty great considering his price tag so let's also go with like 74.5 whatever that works so if we generate again we should get a little bit more ryan armor and aaron battley Yeah, we can see 30% Aaron Baddeley and 15% Ryan Armour. That is pretty much working out how I wanted. Uh, Maybe a little bit less Sam Ryder, although I think he is an okay GPP play. One player I probably want more of would be Tyson Alexander, so I'd have to bump up his projection. Yeah, he said 56. That's not good. You know, not that much data on him. He's not expected to do too well. Bump him up. But now, if we want to run 150 entry max contest, like I feel like we have this setup the way we want. So let me just double check, make sure there's no one being pulled in that I don't want much of. So I went to show usage again and we clicked on the last one that we did. So we could potentially say, all right, JT Post and I like Patrick Rogers, I like Thomas Dietrich, David Lipsky, Adam Hadwin, you know, all those players like I like, but maybe drop them down to 40%. That'll be something we do after we do the 150 lineup. So let's go ahead and do that. And you are doing 150 lineups, so this will take a little bit to to load, typically like let's just say ten seconds to like a minute, typically. All right, so it just got done running them, and so let's take a peek. And boom, it's working out the way we want. It. So when you do twenty lineups, there's only so much it can do, you know. Now we're doing it this way, and so we're getting the ex- proper exposures to players that we want. Forty percent Rom, forty percent Harmon, forty percent Putnam, forty percent Canley. And obviously, guys, if we're doing forty percent on a player, we are increasing the risk. Like if they miss the cut, or if they struggle, that's going to hurt. Okay. This is very much a long-term strategy in which you are trying to get the correct combination of players correct. Maybe twice every three months, if that makes sense. Like the core plays are going to be pretty solid plays. The high exposure plays are going to be very solid plays, you know, each and every week. Um, it's very hard to get one six for six across the cut line. That's kind of the main goal. Um, But you're also trying to capture the upside if that happens. So, really, it's honestly like you are shooting for really two really solid weeks out of three months that, you know, give you that potential to take down a GPP. And for a lot of people, that whole roller coaster of GPP's 150 entry max contest is not not for them, which is perfectly fine. Play cash contest, you know, hit 70% of the time, 65% of the time, make that profit. That is perfectly fine. So, looking at, yes, we have this pretty much set up, I would say almost ideally, maybe would want more battley than armor. Um, maybe a little bit more Fina because he was someone that was ranking out really well leverage wise, you know, probably more Scotty. But for the most part, this is working out well. There are some things I can tinker with and I probably will before lineup lock. So what I could do, download it, upload these lineups, do my entries and then come tomorrow before lineup lock. if I need to, well, I could easily go ahead and adjust these. Um, and just switch it out. But that is all for this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, you know what to do, give a like and subscribe. Hopefully this was able to help you guys with your lineup process, make some lineup decisions for you, make some better lineup decisions. Let's have a good week guys. And as always, let's keep passion. Oh, if you guys want access to these tools, I do set up the membership at $10 a month. That is not for me. That is for you guys. I'm trying to give, you know, the fantasy golf community, the best tools at the best value. Um, So take advantage of that. All right. Thanks for watching. My voice is gone. Wow. That hasn't happened in a while. Let's have good slate. As always, let's keep cashing.